Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie, Jacob the Bullet, Jumbo Man co-host and super veteran, just another stand user. Yo, what's up, guys? Today, we are discussing One Piece movie 14, or One Piece Stampede movie 14. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's something. It's a, it's a 20th anniversary special. Um, you know, you gotta celebrate the celebration of... <laughs> Listen, this movie is incredibly mid. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, this was a lot like more entertaining the first time. This is the second time I've seen this. Only the second. Yeah. And it was definitely the... not as, as good as I thought it was. Yeah, because the first five minutes of this movie, I'm hitting the pause button like every 10 seconds trying to see like a new cameo in the background, a new like little Easter egg. And unfortunately, some of them were even like bad. Like at one point I saw Billy from Strong World in the background. That was really cool. And then unfortunately, I also saw Ratchet, the worst fucking villain in One Piece universe history, walking side by side with Crocodile at one point. And I'm just like, Crocodile, kill him. You won't even remember <laughs> him. Just kill him. Get out of the way. I don't know why he's in this movie. <laughs> he doesn't speak, but he's in the background somewhere. Um, we saw, what's her name? Uh, Karina from Film Gold. We saw yeah, back her as well. Yeah, was there. Kami, um, I didn't see everyone, but there's actually a page on the One Piece wiki that shows every single cameo in this movie. It's a tons. Yeah, I saw like maybe five or six. And I thought, I thought. I thought I got most of them. No, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I was sad to see. I didn't think the bartender from the adventure was in this one too. Cause he's been in two movies. I thought this would be, that's also one. kind of just the issue with this movie. We mentioned it's it, I think way too dense. like two or three movies ago where like they just, it was Sabo, I think. And we were like, we didn't really understand why he was there in the film just mm-hmm. for like the hype. And that's basically this whole movie. Yeah, and when everyone has, like, two lines of dialogue, maybe that idea sounds fun on paper, because you're thinking, this is actually the same year, actually by coincidence, the same year that Avengers Endgame came out. For those of you who have been living under a rock, Avengers Endgame was the final movie to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right, that had all the superheroes from all those movies coming together, fighting on one faction to defeat the main villain and his army, right? And this movie was kind of doing something like that. And it came out the same year, 2019. But when you don't have movies building up to it, and it's just like this fan service celebration kind of thing, it's fun at first, like a little festival, like a little carnival. But then you try to actually put in a plot and you actually try and raise stakes. It's not going to work. You should have honestly just kept it completely fun, unserious. Everyone's just cracking jokes at each other. Make Just make it like a Marvel movie, right? And just don't have any serious tension going on there. Yeah. It would have been a lot more enjoyable. It probably would have been a better movie if they'd just done the pirate festival. Honestly, yeah. That was the best part of the movie. The first 20 minutes where, again, you mentioned this last episode where every good One Piece movie has to have a ship racing sequence or a racing sequence in some way. The the developers, the producers, writers, animators heard you in the past went back yeah, to the time, time traveler Oda <laughs> confirmed traveled. again <laughs> and they attempted to do it and guess what it could have had potentially be the best one you had all the super rookies and all their unique ships that i never saw until this moment i think i don't i don't think you i got have. the reveal of kids amazing theme in oh this yeah movie. yeah the f-zero 
theme. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Kid's crew looked very bland and boring, though. They just had like they look like regular ass sailors. I'm just like, this is not a worst generation pirate crew. What the hell? Because yeah, he, they, he doesn't have a lot of like unique looks. I mean, I guess his like officers they're pretty memorable. And compared to everyone else, not really. Because I'm yeah. thinking of like Hawkins crew. They are all like Inquisition themed. They all had the cloaks. Or you had the Drake pirates. They all look like the, the musketeers. Like they all had a theme going on at least. But kids just look like regular ass sailors from like the East Blue when the One Piece first started, which is fine. But with kid, I would have expected that something a bit more steampunk, at least a little bit, something like that. But yeah, what can you do? Um, so in terms of like production of this movie. I would say it holds up. Like, the animation's pretty fucking good. The way that the outlines are drawn reminded me of, like, how Wano looks in the anime right now. Yeah. So that style's consistent. Uh, colors are still great. I guess the problem with this section is everything is great with the movie in terms of, like, colors and animation, uh, cinematography. But it's not the best. The last four or five movies have been spoiling us with quality getting better and better and better. And then Stampede comes in, and it's, like, in the middle of those five, in terms of, like, animation, coloring, silhouettes, uh, like, movie OCs. Yeah, there's like, no, like, standout moments in this movie, like there have been in the last several. Th yeah, there's a few moments that make you go, oh, that was pretty cool, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not, not, like, like, like the insane. opening of Film Gold, you know, the first 12 Film Gold, minutes of that movie. Or the opening to Strong World, it's or the ending to Zed. They don't really, you know, pizzazz. You would think they would because you literally have a sequence where there's a giant fucking kaiju made of nothing but weapons, glowing purple and blue aura is smacking the island. <laughs> yeah. Yet and, another giant mecha slash stand enemy. Yeah. And even then, like we're, we're comparing it to the last five movies, it's even a lesser version. Like we were talking shit about uh, Film Gold's mech and how, like, oh, that should have just been another stand user, hence your nickname. But. Instead, it was just a giant-ass kaiju that's even bigger, and it was piloted by someone who's so bland and boring. Like, we're talking about character designs of, like, the OCs. I guess we'll start with the worst right away. The yeah. main two antagonists. Bullet. Whack. Douglas Bullet. He is, he reminds me of, like, if All Might from My Hero Academia had, like, a secondary cousin way in the distance who watches way too many World War II documentaries for the wrong reasons, that's this guy. He actually does kind of look like a generic My Hero villain. Yeah, he does. He has, like, the same white smile, the blonde hair, right? The the tan look, which yeah. is why I thought All Might. But he's wearing, like, this militaristic uniform. And I don't know why he's supposed to be, according to his background, like, the, the, the loyal dog for Goldie Rogers' crew. So you think, oh, so he's going to be, like, a barbarian or, like, a warrior. It's like, no, he looks like a military officer. Who the fuck gave him those medals, by the way, himself? I don't get it. <laughs> right. like, that's what I said about like the, the documentaries for the wrong reasons, because he's just like, oh, that's a cool well, medal. They, they didn't say he was, he was a child soldier. But didn't he, like, leave or rebel against his own Oh, nation? he killed them. He killed them all, yeah. Yeah. I so guess he got the medals I, before that. I, I guess. I don't know, dude. I, I'm just saying, this this character archetype for, like, this overly burly, strong character has been done before and can be entertaining. Like, uh, I call him Discount Broly whenever I was referring to him in our Discord, and that stands out because he's like the old Broly from the old Dragon Ball Z movie that came out like what in the late eighties, early nineties? Legendary Super Saiyan. 
Um, but then you have that same archetype from the reimagined Broly movie that came out a few years ago, which is so much better. So good. You, you can make him a bit more sympathetic, right? And the his power is not just like purely beast like. It comes from like naivete or like social awkwardness that could work out. Or if you're going with the full on warrior approach, make him entertaining for fuck's sake, where he's just passionate. Like I'm thinking like, oh, I'm, I know oversimplifying the character Goku from Dragon Ball Z. It's fun to watch him because he loves fighting. Right. Or if you're going to go completely like side character, Kenpachi from Bleach where they just love fighting so much that they give their opponents every advantage possible to have an equal fight in any way, because he loves the equal fight sense, right? For honor, for glory kind of thing. That's not this character. This character is the worst attributes, where it's like, oh, the weak will purge and the strong will thrive. Friends are a weakness. You have to go solo. Like, he just repeats, like, the same two, three lines throughout the entire movie. It sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. He has. He really does have no characterization. He's He's just supposed to oppose everything that the story has told us up to this point, basically. He's anti-everything in the mm -hmm. entire One Piece. And it's funny, too, because we were talking about how, like, the movie would have been better if it was just, uh, like, the Pirate Carnival. You could still have him come, come here as, like, the final boss of the carnival and literally just be, like, an old-school Broly, where he, all he does is just fight and not talk. And he would, so he would have been a better character. I'll be honest. This guy, this guy whenever he spoke, was just boring and just did not feed anything to the plot um that's douglas by the way he the actually he makes me respect gold roger less or at least he would if, it, if he were real so that was actually something i shared with you in the discord i'm not sure though if it's confirmed i tried looking for other sources outside i, I refuse to believe that this guy is canon um but what yeah what Justin's referring to is there's the first part of the trivia on the one page uh, the one piece wiki where it says that if it weren't for the fact that it was the 20th anniversary event for the movie, Oda would not have approved of the plot of this movie. Like, he would not have produced this. I'm, like, 90% sure that's because of the existence of the log Douglas. pose. The log pose of Douglas being, like, this yeah. henchman of Goldie Roger, but he's also just, like, such a nothing character. He doesn't like, even look like... Like, every time we've seen the Roger pirates, they actually look... They have that traditional corsair piratey look right even mm -hmm. Rayleigh kind of mirrors it in present day and yeah. this guy is just a generic looking you know henchman almost yeah a militaristic jingoistic you know fascist looking dude and he just doesn't fit the criteria whatsoever um but i couldn't confirm that source because all the sources i could find was just oda you know doing the usual thing where he's advertising the movie going like oh it looks so fun i can't wait to watch it it has all the characters in there um yeah we're kind of jumping around but honestly it's just we're getting like the other this stuff is, out of the way because this, this is movie is similar movie. <laughs> to uh, Z. Where we said not a lot happened. Only this is like even less happens. I feel bad talk uh, criticizing Zed after this movie. After watching <laughs> this one, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like Zed still has the problems in the middle of the movie, but at least Zed was a character and had potential to be the best villain of the of the movie. Like, can you name like five plot points in this movie? Um, the. The Goldie Roger treasure that actually was an interesting aspect of the movie, although, like you said, it kind of ruins the whole world balance issue a little bit. Then there was also the carnival that was somehow kept a secret yeah, from the yeah. Marines forever. Which, by the way, side note, if you're 
Monkey D. Luffy, and this is the second time you get an invitation saying this is a festival of the pirates, <laughs> yeah. of the pirates, for pirates, by pirates, you should be a little wary, by the way. <laughs> he did not hesitate to go again. And uh, I'm pretty sure heads? the exact same thing is about to happen in Film Red. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want an invitation of the pirates, if you're a pirate of pirates of pirates, and then again, all the other straw, straw hats are just have no memory of what happened, and then Luffy just forgets, or he doesn't mind. Luffy, you should speak up about that kind of shit. Last time it did not work out very well. Um, but yeah, I think those are the only ones I can really think of where it's just the log pose that apparently, and it actually is a very important plot point where it made sense to why everyone was here, but how quickly it happened made no sense. Because yeah. you find out that, oh, the hidden treasure that Goldie Roger had, that was actually a trap set up by the other character I couldn't even get to was Buena Vesta, because I can't really tell you his character, because I think he's just insane. Dude, uh, what did he want? What was his motivation? Was, was there uh, anything given? He, it was a much worse version of Senator Armstrong from Metal Gear Rising, because he just wanted to burn everything to the ground. I guess he hated the era of pirates. He hated everything that Goldie Rogers started, and he wanted to create his age by giving the post to Douglas Bullet. And he would use the one piece for power on top of his already <laughs> high power. Okay. That makes and, sense. Yeah. And while he told in, us in this. stupid this movie kind of and way. While he was telling us this, he would headbutt the table. He would stomp on people's food. He was a very strange, weird character. You actually told me in the pre-recording how what happened to him, which was Sabo dealt with him. I completely forgot about that, to be honest. Yeah, it looked like Sabo actually kind of just iced him. Yeah, and that's kind of like the fine thing. So I'm just like, yeah, he just sets up the thing, but whatever. The two movie OCs that I did care about more so were the announcers, just because they were just, you know, regular and innocent. There was, I think, what was his name? He was Moderate something. Donald Moderate. He looked like a background character that you would see like from a Disney movie uh-huh. that would have like maybe one line or an expression. It's just, you know, innocent, whatever. But what I have to give appreciation for is the character Anne to giving, for giving us Irish pride, finally. She had the yeah. green, white, orange look. And I'm just and she had freckles. I'm just like, you know what? I don't know what this character is. She could be mean. She could be whatever or mid. That's like the movie. But you know what? I appreciate the representation. So she gets a pass. Okay. <laughs> Second day. But, but. Other than, also, I think she was after named after the Irish poet. I think her name was uh, Fitzgerald, Anne Fitzgerald. I don't know if that was just a coincidence or not. But either way, best OC in the movie. Everything else, just whatever. Eh. Speaking of looks, though, we have the to talk drip. about the drip. We the have drip. to talk about the drip. So you had, to, you had to remind me that the other side characters also had different drip, different looks. Because I originally thought the Super Rookies, which is still mostly true. This, most of the super rookies just had their generic looks, just a color redesign. Yeah, like, like if you're, slight variations. Yeah, like like you're imagining yourself, you're playing Super Smash Brothers, and you hit the X button to change your color palette. That's what happened with all the super rookies. They just hit the X button once or twice. With Law, though, Trafalgar Law, he's in this movie. He actually had a little bit of a different look. It wasn't just a color palette. Like he actually had different patterns on his pants and his yeah, jacket. It, it made me. Miss and remember how good like Law uh, looks in yellow, you know, like yeah. his original look. Like he's kind of designed to have yellow on him, and it really does show in this movie. 
Yeah, because he's always dressed in darker colors to match his broody, edgy attitude, right? But then you have... Um, and here he's wearing this, yellow and orange and just looking, yeah. oh, like, so good. Yeah, he looks he looks much better when he's dressed up as if he's a band player for the Gorillas and not for a chemical romance. Like, he just looks a lot better that way. Um, I will say, though, uh, Boa Hancock did look fantastic. Her dress was very yes. exotic, very sexy. And unfortunately, I can't say the same for the character because I thought Boa was actually very annoying in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's she's basically Sanji. Yeah, probably even worse. And it's, it's really annoying both yeah. ways. Yeah, I have to be fair. It's incredibly annoying because all she cared about was just Luffy, 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 Luffy. Oh, Luffy got hurt. Now I'm it's mad. Just, it seems a little worse for her because that's all we get to see from her because we see her so rarely. Yeah, if, if you're like one of those few weirdos like me who've watched the movies and not the anime, this is your only exposure to Boa as a character, if you haven't read the manga, and she's just this person who's over-simping Luffy harder than Sanji has ever uh, simped for any woman he's ever met. Or at least <laughs> equally as hard. I don't know, man. Boa was going it, really hard. It's pretty hard. bad in this movie, though. Yeah. She did look really cool, though, when she uh, kicked uh Oh, dude, yeah, that run-up was a- that was like probably the best moment <laughs> yeah. when she blitzes him. Yeah, because we wait. I don't because I never saw Marine Ford in the anime, so I never saw Boa in action much at all. Hell, even in the manga, we haven't seen her much in action yet at all either. Yeah. And then this movie was like, we'll give you one smooth Sakuga sequence, and it's gonna look pretty damn smooth. And it was just a nice like gut kick <laughs> to the kaiju. Form. I mean, it that scene kind of reminds you, like you know, there's only been about I think like what ten to twelve. Or- ish characters with conqueror Saki and uh but was on the list homeboy don't forget it it's honestly easy to forget hope the next time we see her it will be actually we can't talk about that because that's an act three of wano but we should see hopefully in the future in the manga what more she can do because at least in the movie's perspective it reminded me that yeah the the series is going pretty hard on oh like over obsessing over luffy but it's like she has a character don't forget when we first introduced to her in Amazon Lily, we saw a complex character. We saw this character with a background, so hopefully they don't forget that aspect. It's hard, yeah. it's hard to remember that in this movie, but long story short, she does look sexy regardless. She looks great in black and white. Almost silk. as sexy as Robin looked in her first outfit. Jesus which, Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> so, we have two sets of drips. We have the pre-arrival, which is literally like one minute or less. And then the rest of the movie, right? It, for the straw hats. It is actually, it makes me vehemently angry that they put her in that outfit for such a small amount of time. Yeah. So for those who are relying on us for audio descriptions, um, I'll say Robin and Nami look like they just came out of the gym, right? Or they're about to go for a run. Uh, Luffy, Brooke, Zoro, and Sanji are about to go to a carnival. Right, they're about to go and have some fun. Luffy's got like a really stylish uh white and red striped shirt. Looks great. Zoro is inspired by his Wano theme, I would say, but a bit more casual. Actually don't. Uh, I think that's like the worst one. Zoro's. I, I think Sanji's was. I didn't like the t shirt. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst. Sanji did have really good jeans though. He had designer jeans. Those were really cool. However, he was wearing that sh- stupid apron though. He had well, he had the apron over the shirt, but then he lost the apron, and then he saw the shirt that was popular ten years ago, which was just a t-shirt <laughs> with a fake tie on it. Yeah, which was you know what? It's fine because the whole thing is everyone's being casual, right? Everyone's just dressed to be casual. Brooke just looks like standing cotton candy or a clown. It looks great. Again, 
Brooke just looks good in everything he's in. Usopp and looked, the, looks like Usopp was wearing really casual, but it, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, Usopp, yeah, it fits for him because it looks like a mechanic, right? Where he's got the white t-shirt and the right, orange overalls. Like a, yeah, the overalls are kind of slouching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Chopper looking basic, too. Uh, he looking, uh, yeah, I, was, I, I wrote down, Chopper and Frankie look like they're ready to be performers at that carnival. <laughs> While the other four are ready to go to it. Because <laughs> Frankie's good. got, like, the barrel shoulders, and he's got, like, the, the blue um, midriff coloring that matches his red shirt on top. Frankie looked great too. Like we're talking about the pre rivals right so, now, but Frankie. Let's, really let's go into out. this real quick. We were we were talking about this look and all the colors and how mm. many colors Frankie has going on here and how like well it, it comes works. together. It actually works for Frankie and how how bad it does not work on Savo, which is basically the same colors. Yeah, we actually Savo looks like trash in this movie. Yeah, we completely scaled over a lot of the other looks because honestly, like I said, they're just color palette swaps. Sabo had a trench coat that was what teal. It was, it was like too much red. blue. Yeah, it was. There was teal. And there like, was he bright just red. Look, he doesn't look good in teal. Like I'm just gonna. It's not your color, my dude. No, it's not. Sorry. Like I appreciate the the the, the wardrobe change. I appreciate Sabo because I See, do like. Here's you. the thing. Like I don't know what what they were thinking because Sabo is basically a steampunk design character. Teal you never put bright steampunk. colors in <laughs> steampunk. <laughs> Only muted colors. I I wonder if it was just the overall like tone of the color palette, where it's like you know Trafalgar. He like he's wearing summer colors, so they thought, okay, we we have to put Sabo in summer colors too. Mm, I get where you're going from. I'm gonna disagree with you there. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree. Sabo did not look that good. I'm sorry. Um, should we talk about the post arrival now? Yeah. Okay. So, oh, so pre-arrival, I think we can agree Robin was the best one, right? Yes, it was easily. it was the you had the slow camera pan up like even the even the, the the cinematographer knew that Robin had the best look and it was just workout clothes. But it was like yoga pants, like the the stylish straps and yeah, Robin got the best one easily. However, post-arrival, we got that same camera treatment for Robin's new look. Not yeah. as good. It's 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 very elegant, don't get me wrong. It's a bit too casual though it's like you would it's like something that you would wear like on a summer night right where she's got like the like the very elegant white dress but she has like the purple overcoat on right. top of it so it's almost like what my like an aunt or a mother would wear like i said uh summer night which again fits robin but yeah it just it just compared to that first look that we saw like for 30 seconds to a minute i'm just like that's a crime. <laughs> I mean, it was like a top three Robin look, you know? Just it's hard go to back. Just go back to the old look. <laughs> like, the Straw Hats aren't doing much in this movie at all. They're not. Like, you get one action sequence at most with each Straw Hat. At most. Luffy gets a few. But you have to make time for all the side characters, right? All the cameos. So after each character does, like, one thing, they're sidelines. So I'm just like, yeah, just keep them in their best look. Yeah, it all is basically just singular clashes. Like Zoro mm. clashed with Fujitora and I believe Killer briefly. Uh, Sanji incorrect. clashed with incorrect. someone. Did he? Zor no, Zoro clashed with the meteor. Because <laughs> Fujitora just, he was there. We mentioned how the cameos get really bad. The second half of this movie, when we start getting extra cameos from Fujitora, from Mihawk, from Perona, they're so much worse because they literally drop in out of nowhere. Like, yeah. and they drop in a one-liner to describe who they are, right? Fujitora goes, oh, I'm here to sense my own justice. Boa shows up because, and then she says, 
oh, I can do whatever I want and get away because I'm beautiful. Uh, Mihawk just sails up the same way he did in Barate, and then Perona just goes, I don't know, I wish you say you're kind of cringe. I don't fucking know. Um, they yeah, literally do like one like line, and then they fuck off. Except for Boa, she sticks around. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually like you're playing One Piece Treasure Cruise, and you're you're drawing their card, and they're saying their one-liner to introduce themselves. I was gonna say, if you're playing a fighting game, and you pick the character's icon, and they say their one-line. Yeah, line. same concept. <laughs> same concept, yeah. <laughs> but it's like an extended version, because they say more than one line sometimes. Um, so, the post, post-arrival. I wasn't a fan of Luffy's post-arrival. Like, it looked very video gamey RPG, which is kind of cute, but yeah. eh, I his first look was so much better, though. He should have just stuck with that striped shirt. Um, Zoro had, like, a, like a, mechanic. a, car, a car mechanic jumpsuit, I guess. I actually liked it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm mixed. I like the color. I like orange and black. It does look pretty good on Zoro. I also like all the pouches he has for the flasks. That's a very nice touch. Um. Usopp, uh, I did not like the hat, but he lost it the pretty horns, damn early. Yeah. And once he lost the helmet, then it looks really good. That yeah. pattern, the, the it's it like an autumn pattern, I think, for his clothes. That actually looked pretty damn good. Uh, Sanji's actually looks pretty damn good, even though it's like really casual. It looked like it, you would see like someone would wear like on a college campus, right? Where yeah. it's just like a tank top, green, uh, green uh, jacket yeah. with the striped shorts. Yeah, he shorts. looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Choppers is very plain. Oh, Chopper's pre-arrival look was actually pretty good. Because like I said he looked like he was going for a carnival, but I'm just like, yeah, he looked like he, he, his hat Little looks like a Little kid at a festival. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his post-arrival uh, look was pretty good, too. The pink really stood out. Um, Nami, though. Uh, we're saving the best for last, dude. That's the best we're look. The, we're, we're, we're saving the best for last. We're saving the best for last. We're saving the best for last, okay? Uh, Frankie. Okay, Frankie, yeah. Frankie, Gladiator. Of course, everyone loves it. If we're working our way up, Brick is second, for sure. Yes, that is true. Brooke, we were talking about the, the steampunk look God on Sabo. God Brooke. Stop looking Brooke. so saucy. <laughs> Brooke <laughs> just goes, like, he goes semi-steampunk because he has, like, an over-the-top monocle to go with this classy look. But god damn, does the steampunk look so fucking perfect with that cane, dude. Yeah. God damn, Brooke. He would have been the winner if not for Robin in the beginning or... And Nami. <laughs> Nami post arrival it is a crime how good this looks like I, everyone knows me i am incredibly objective i am unbiased in my opinions <laughs> yeah totally justin especially he knows this nami however was so good it's criminal because she basically took usopp's orange overalls made them sexy and cute she put them on she she did him dirty like that. She just took the spotlight from him. Like, no, this is how you wear the overalls. This is how you're supposed to look. And then she has, like, the green bandana. So let, and let the hair out. I'm just like, movie. Yeah, she and the does... holster. The holster for the climb and attack. The, and the sexy, like, spy holster to sport the climb yeah, attack. It, and the it's boots. 10 out of 10. It's an, it's an 11 out of 10, honestly. It's 11 out of 10. And guess what happens? She's in, like, five minutes of the movie. Yep. I totally think backstage. Of, incredibly backstage. I think of all the straw hats, besides Luffy, what, Usopp does a little bit? Like, there's a little moment yeah, with Usopp in this Brooke movie. Yeah, like, one moment. I can't did remember. Did Frankie what... do anything? I don't uh, think so. I, well, he did I, the sunny thing, I guess, the transformation. Yeah. 
God, it's really hard to remember because it's it's really unfortunate to say this, but side characters like Smoker did more in this movie than the Straw Hats did. I really dislike Smoker. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate how popular he is. <laughs> I ha- I hate that I did had taint to... this movie for me. I'm not going to pretend it didn't. Yeah, that's just real unfortunate. But yeah, so I know the other characters had like looks too, like Smoker and Tashigi were there. They were dressed as pirates, but they were just kind of mid. They were just kind of like, well, whatever. Uh, Smoker looked all right in white and red. I won't lie about that, but it's Smoker. I'm surprised he was in this movie because I thought the last time we saw this guy, he almost died from Doflamingo. So (laughs) isn't he like recovering still or in this movie he's recovered? I don't know. Uh, So, yeah, this movie is just a lot of fucking fan service. I think the best way to describe it would be like a very wide, shallow pond. Because there's a lot of surface area when you look at it. There's a lot of stuff to look at. But it's only going up to your ankles. There's not a lot of depth. There's some pretty good animation. Um, the camera gets a little weird, though. Like, did you notice the camera span spun around a lot in this movie? Yes. Trying to do, like, fake 360 spins or, like, 180 spins? It got disorienting at times. It did not look great. Not all the time. Like, we mentioned the the, the boa kick. That looked all right. Um, there was also a moment where the super rookie Bonnie, she's fighting Douglas and she's just like, she does like this really sick, like fighting game move, wake up where she's oh, kicking yeah. him from below and the camera goes like from low to high to show the perspective. Yeah, that was actually yeah, pretty good. Um, although I had a quick question. Do we know if Bonnie's power actually works like that? Cause I always thought it was only for herself that she could age and de-age. No, no, she, she's canonically ages other people. So because we were just talking about how that side character from Zed, that would be our whole movie. But Bonnie has that power, but even more precise, even more yeah. busted then. So and theoretically, Bonnie's is permanent. We don't know. Also, theoretically, they should have just thrown Bonnie at Douglas every opportunity they could just so that she can just slap him in the cheek and then make him a baby. Yeah, turn him into like a four year old. Yeah. But instead, what happens is she gets one kick. Douglas grabs her leg grapples her slams from the ground and then that's the last we see of her because the super rookies get sidelined as hard as the straw hats do once he tears off the jacket and he gets quote-unquote super serious and then we just cut forward right where it's like it goes from day to like uh daybreak and then all the super rookies are like beaten up or like kind of hurt and then he does his snake man thing god this movie was just so much it was like so much and yet so little because you, there was like all these ideas that were pretty fun thrown in there, right? Where it's like, oh, Zoro's going to cut the meteor in half. Oh, he wasn't enough. Oh, but Mihawk upstages him, right? Little things like that where it's like, that sounds cool on paper, but the execution was that it was so shallow, so quick, nothing really stuck. Not for me, anyway. There's a couple... I agree with that. Yeah, a cool scene here and there, but... I will say, though, the end of the movie, the last five, ten minutes, we had, like, two really cool moments. One was a really good character moment, and one was just a real, that one was actually a really nice fan service moment, that I'll admit. Where the character moment was the unfortunate eternal pose, right, where it revealed the real name of... Wait, didn't you tell me that the movie came out before the reveal of Laugh Tale, yes. right? So, <laughs> yeah. that was... Yeah, you were telling me that there was a detail where... Uh, at this point in the manga, we still think it's Raftel. And the movie revealed it's Laugh Tale. And then if you review it, you're going, wait, what? No, it's 
what the hell are they talking about? And, yeah, there was actually a bunch of people that just thought it was a translation error, and that was pretty yep. funny. I literally would have thought that too, to be honest. I would have been like, wait, it's Laftail. I've been lied to. I, this, this Viz version I'm reading on Shonen Jump told me it was Raftail. What else have I been lied to? Zolo. <laughs> Something with the Zolo translation problem. Um, but Luffy gets his hand on the Eternal Pose after beating Douglas, and Crocodile and Rob Lucci are there. They're trying to grab it, obviously. And then, without second thought, Luffy just, in his hands, just crushes it and goes, I'm not going to get a shortcut. I want to go my long adventure. That was a nice character moment. Agreed. And then, and then Usopp, uh, later on, acknowledges that, yeah, he would totally do that. Because if you remember in Shibodi, Luffy fucking yelled at me for asking uh, Riley <laughs> for a shortcut. <laughs> so, I knew that was going to happen. Um, the other moment, uh, I guess two and a half moments, because Usopp had some pretty nice moments in this movie. Um, I didn't feel any tension because the movie made it seem like Usopp was going to die or get fallen behind. I'm like, that's not going to happen. But there was a nice moment where Usopp laid like these traps, right, of like these plants around the kaiju around uh, Douglas that wouldn't activate until <laughs> Luffy punched it so hard that they would spring to life. And I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's a support character. Um, the other moment was the movie OC Anne, who can produce illusions after she sees and touches an object. Um, Sabo gives her a wanted poster of Ace, so she's able to, to form an illusion of Ace and then fake an attack. So we get the iconic back-to-back uh, stance that Luffy and Ace originally had in Marineford, You're but right. instead it's Sabo and Ace. And I thought that was actually a pretty neat way to close out the movie. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's like that's the best part about it is that it's neat. It's not yeah, it's, it's a novelty movie in a way. Yeah. I I just said it's not overwhelming. It's the opposite. It's overwhelmingly it's overwhelming with cameos. Like we never mentioned the fact that a Buster Call is made in this movie. We didn't mention that Buggy is a pretty big part in this movie. Uh, we didn't mention the unlikely alliance between Smoker, Law, Sabo, Luffy, and Boa to make a, a desperate attack on Douglas. There's all these little things that happen in the movie, but honestly, they just don't amount to much. And that's why it's like the worst thing you can do for a movie is just to make it completely mid, but that's kind of what this movie does. It's not terrible, but we're going to forget about this movie once we're done talking about it, unfortunately. It's, it's, a, it's a strong 5 out of 10. It's not a waste of time, yeah, but... It's, it's it's like the most aggressively mid film yet. Yeah. We gave fives to other movies in the past, but that was like, well, you gotta start somewhere, and those had some uh, good advantages for those movies. This one's advantages were like, the animation was nice, and it had some good drip, especially with Robin and Nami, and that's it. Like, I can't tell you, like, what crazy moments happened or revelations other than Luffy crushed an eternal pose that may or may not be canon because Oda may or may not <laughs> approve of this movie story. <laughs> so, five out of ten for this movie. Strong, uh, stampede. It's just unfortunate that the last movie of this fourteen episode project that we did, fourteen or thirteen episodes that we did, watching the movie so far, it's unfortunate that the latest one up until Red is just such a mid movie. When the last couple ones have been steadily getting better and better and better. Yeah. And, and you were just hoping that the last one before Red would be like a 9, and then Red would be like a 10. But that's not the case, unfortunately. Uh, But yeah, of all the movies that we're talking about, this would be a good time, because we definitely have time, would be 
a reminder of our worst <laughs> and favorite movies of all of them that we watched so far. So I don't think anyone that listened to the episode has forgotten that The Cursed Sword is the worst movie. <laughs> I think we both rated that a 2 out of 10. Or did you give that a 3? I think that's a 2. Maybe a 3, but it's awful. It is... Yeah, it is the most offensive of the movies, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually offensive. <laughs> because the offensive part being it got Zoro completely fucking wrong as a character. I called him Zolo in that movie. Uh, it was the most boring, I would say. Poorest overall quality because you had some moments where it was decent animation and some parts where it was just so uninspired and cheap. Uh, you had an over-convoluted plot that they spent half an hour trying to force-feed us that I tried to explain to you listeners and to Justin for 10 minutes. And even then, I was confused by it, even though I wrote everything down. Uh, I have it also tied for the most disappointing movie. Uh, it also has the worst side fights and worst goons by far. If you remember, they just were one-shotted. Like, no. Yeah, that no movie was just a huge clusterfuck. Nope. And it was also way too long. It was a movie that we said, this was like the second movie that was an hour and a half. This one should have been an hour. <laughs> it was just way too long for what I was trying to do. So yeah, Cursed Sacred Sword, definitely the worst one. I think your worst too. Hands down. I think we can agree the second worst movie was The Chopper's Giant Kingdom? Mechanical Soldier. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. I was going to say, I, Kingdom. I, I was gonna say that there might be a few movies where we might be interchanging like one spot. I don't think there's any movie that's like a huge leap for us in terms of different opinions. Yeah. So I will say for me, it, the second worst is definitely The Giant Mechanical Soldier of the Karakuri Castle. Um, <laughs> we didn't talk about it in a recording, I kind of regret this, but it had the worst poster. I think I mentioned to you. I think in the we did talk about that in our recording. I think in a pre-recording we did. Um, just in case we didn't, the worst part about that poster was that it just looked like someone like had like a bunch of silhouettes of the characters just copy paste them in Photoshop onto like a background, and also had Nami praying for some reason. For I some don't know reason. why. I don't know why <laughs> she doesn't ever do that in the movie. Yeah, at any point in the film. <laughs> Um, the worst part I think easily about it was the worst villain, Ratchet. He is worse than Vander Decken. He's worse than Mr. Three, early Mr. Three. He is just uninspired, horrible drip, horrible look, horrible motivation, horrible planning. Uh, horrible mechs, by the way. I will say Douglas Bullet did not have the worst mechs in the entire movie franchise. That's Ratchet still. This was the other movie for most disappointing movie because any movie with like inventions and robots, um, you're gonna have me hooked. But no, disappointing completely. Worst focus, worst clash of aesthetics, most confusing fan service. Where the first twenty movie, uh, twenty minutes of the movie, Nami moves a half an inch and the boobs just fly, like for a full second in every direction because physics, because physics. But only for the first twenty minutes. After that, everything calms down to normal. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like they fired someone. <laughs> or like or, reassigned people. Or they hired someone from High School of the Dead for that movie. One of the two. One happened before the other. It's got to be like that. Um, the next movie was Chopper's Kingdom. Uh, oh, Mechanical Soldier. I, I rated a 3 out of 10. I think you gave it a 3 or a 4. Maybe Something. a 2. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, I'll, I'll just give my ratings then. Um, Chopper's Kingdom on the Island of Strange Animals, that's the next one. I gave it a 4 out of 10 back in the day. It did not age well. 
I give it a three now. It's still not the worst movie. It's slightly better than Karakuri Castle because it's 60 minutes, not an hour and a half. That's the main reason, I'll be yes, honest. <laughs> because there's not as much to dislike. Yeah, it's you're not watching it for as long. We still liked the premise of the movie, the interesting idea for it. it had no the ship work. races, two out of ten. Yeah, no ship races, <laughs> drop the point. Uh, it had the most boring villain introduction. That was a five-minute-long scene with the Count and his general and... I forgot the other guy's name. Um, just talking exposition to the Straw Hats while they're just standing in front of a mountainside for five minutes. It was incredibly boring. Um, also, just disappointing climax. Chopper was fighting the main villain, then he just couldn't beat the villain, and then Luffy just comes in and wins the day. Also, tied for the worst child character of all the movies. Uh, oh, unfortunately. Mobambi. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, Honestly, the characters, or the child characters that were the worst are the ones that were most involved <laughs> like in this uh, plot. I think so. I think I have the child character tied for the one from the first movie. Yeah, the first movie, I think, I have the tie for me for worst child like, character. I, I have no strong feelings towards the kid in gold. Right, right? but he, he was also he just nothing. kind of there. Exactly. <laughs> no involvement in the plot, really. He's just kind of there for the ride. Oh, since we're speaking of accolades, which what do you think was the uh the most just their child character? The one from Gold or the one from Zed? I think that's like a tie. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one from Zed for me, because he was just there running up to I was gonna us. say arguably the one from Gold, I think. He he did literally nothing. Right? Uh, I don't know, man. Cause I, I know the kid from Zed was just there with his stupid toothy grin and his snot. He reminds me of he reminds me of that kid from the beginning of Wind Waker, Legend of Zelda, that had like, oh, like, yeah, the snot yeah. sticking out, <laughs> and he's just like, "I want to be a hero just like you." Like, where did this theme come from? Right? At least the kid from Gold was it helped with the world building. It wasn't very good, unfortunately. We talked about that in our episode, but at least it was relevant to that part of the movie. Whereas the kid was just, I, I guess, this theme about being a hero or being a pirate, and it was just so relevant. Anyway. Okay, so that's bottom three, now top three. I, okay, so top three, but I should mention honorable mentions because the top three get a little difficult because four and five are also really damn good, and it feels wrong not to Yeah, I feel that. like I have a pretty, or I feel like there's a relatively, at least, distinct cutoff between my top three. Yeah, okay, so I was going to say my honorable, like, I guess my five and four were Film Z and Strong World. They were both 7 out of 10s, both really strong 7s, but both had... Film Z had a couple of pacing problems, the middle of the movie being a little padded, right? Um, Strong World is the most painful one for me because that one, to me, should have been my favorite movie, but that one fucking flaw yeah, with Luffy... Yeah, the fatal, fatal and, flaw. And, and the fake the fake-fake out with Nami, it completely took me out of the climax my first time viewing it, so I can't give anything higher than a 7. But I want that to be my favorite movie because I love that location so fucking much, man. The animals, the the biomes, the fucking drip with the shootout sequence. And, and Omatsuri is your number one, right? Oh yeah, we're just cutting to number oh, one. Of course. Yeah. I mean we <laughs> It's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, okay, before we get to that though, so my number three was Dead Adventure. Was that your number three or no? Yes. Dead Adventure? Okay. So Dead Adventure was just the good old I was debating because actually I take it back. It's not that things cut off. I You're correct. Okay. So yeah, because Dead Adventure for me is always the classic, right? This feels like early classic One Piece. 
all the Straw Hats feel exactly like themselves. I liked a lot of the movie OCs as well. Not all of them. Like, the villain was just discount Crocodile slash uh, the dude from Jaya. What's his name? The guy who gets Bellamy. knocked. The, Bellamy. Yeah, the guy who gets fucking clocked in the face. But I did like uh, the other characters, right? It had the first child character that I actually gave someone of a shit about, right? That I actually cared a little bit. I really liked the way Dead and Adventure looked and was animated, too. Yeah. What was, was what was the guy's uh, Needles or Needless? His fight with Zoro was really cool. Or not with Zoro, with uh, what's-his-face? Uh, Shiraya. There you go. Yeah, wow, I'm really impressed. I would have not remembered that. I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that I, was like, I, that's one of the most memorable fights for me throughout the entirety of all the movies, I think. Yeah, because I had the accolade for best movie OC fight, a Shariah versus Needless. Oh, yes, <laughs> I, 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 I still remember it. It felt like a Jackie Chan fight. Um, it felt very personal, grounded. Also, the first of the ship races, right? Of course. It was just, it was especially memorable for being two characters that we would never see before and would never see again. Yeah, that is true. Also, I was going to say, um, Dead Adventure has one of the best, if not the best opening in terms of like establishing the Straw Hats. Right. Um, we talked scene. about, yeah, the bar scene. Um, we gave a lot of credit to Nami, but I also want to say Zoro as well. Zoro understood the tells, right, that Nami was giving, and then he got the other straw has to get up and join her at the bar at the right time. So that was on Zoro's part, too. And then, yeah, everything else after that, too, when they're just <laughs> in the bar fight, and then Nami just told Luffy, just be back at the ship before we leave. <laughs> so, yeah, Dead Adventure just felt very classic. And that was like Robin's introduction, too, before Water 7. So that was just a very interesting spot to be in. Um, our top two, I think you and I are the different ones, right? My favorite is Secret Island. Yours is Film Gold, right? Yeah. Okay, so, but the, the other one's your number two, I right? I really love, I loved Gold. Oh, <laughs> More than film I ever thought I did. Oh, Film Gold's fantastic. The other best introduction scene is probably in Film Gold, where it's just buttery yeah. smooth animation everyone's in sexy hot summer Ooh, man, clothing the first, first 12 minutes of film gold do baby gil tesoro and karina are just snapping and singing it's vegas themed oh my god the long long pirates even though they're unnamed they had some actually good design even though they weren't in the movie whatsoever the fucking monkey with the Wolverine claws still stands out to me. And then Brooke just one-shots the poor dude. <laughs> but it was still so good. Also, Giltasaro was one of the best movie villains. Not the best, though. Not in my opinion. I mean, he ain't the Baron. He ain't the Baron. No. And that's part of the reason why Secret Island is the best movie for me. I still gave the movie an 8, The Secret Island, because it's... Still, at the end of the day, despite it being exactly what I was wanting for in terms of like a unique and daring, ambitious story to tell with One Piece characters, it we mentioned it before in the episode too. It goes too far away from the path of a One Piece movie because Just I want to see the Straw Hats. I want to see the Straw Hats, but they're currently being fucking eaten by this eldritch being, Lily Carnation. Yeah, and, and you can see the, the silhouettes. You can see their silhouettes in the stomach, and it's still fucking scary as hell. Um, and these other movie OCs get the spotlight, and they're great, but I'm also like, but I would have preferred if the Straw Hats were there. But I also understand why, because then you wouldn't get that same sense of dread and loneliness that the movie does so perfectly well. Unfortunately, after arguably a really bad Luffy punch to the Baron, right? The horribly animated 
black and white sequence. But we get that scene right after where the Baron is just breaking down, crying in the abyss, right, of not wanting to be alone. That hits really hard for a movie OC that is non-canon. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, they went in so fucking hard in that movie, and I appreciate it. But I also He really can't... is just better Moria. <sighs> he really is in every way. But I also can't look away from Film Gold for being just so fun, so colorful, so great. Also, the most entertaining movie OC power with his uh, Baccarat, right? Is that her name? Baccarat? Yeah. With luck of just tossing a coin after touching people's shoulders and then watching everyone just Final Destination themselves <laughs> while she just stands and watches. And then Usopp coming with the slot machine to take away all that luck at once. It was such a good way to end it. Yeah. My God. Oh my God, I wrote that. <laughs> Film gold. Uh, accolade for the most sexual energy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. But yeah, so we are top favorites. Secret Island of Baron Matsuri, Film Gold, Dead End Adventure. That's our essential top three, with our honorable mentions being Strong World and Film Z, and the biggest stinker being the curse of the. <laughs> I keep saying the yeah, that's curse really big. The curse of the Sacred Sword. Uh, any final thoughts on like the mid ones? Like we didn't mention the first movie, Clockwork Island, Desert Princess. Like those ones were just. Oh, God, Desert Princess was bad. <laughs> we gave that a four, but that was because it was writing on the back of Arabasta, right? That's the reason why it's a four, because the story is still good, even though it's butchered. Clockwork Island had a good location. First movie had some good chemistry with the Straw Hats. Oh, episode of Chopper Plus. That was actually a really good retelling. Yeah, I did like that one. Yeah, so I guess I didn't mention it in the Armal mentions because it's, it's Drum Island. You know where we're getting. Also, as... Oh, Accolade, most wasted what-if scenario. You just had Frankie and Robin there, but it didn't add to anything whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. We just got the same fucking plot. Like, wh why? Like, the, I guess the part that just matters is that you got all the emotional parts down, which was the backstory with Chopper and Hero Look, and that's what all that counted for me. So, a props to Chopper Plus, but... God, we're gonna we're probably gonna cover it in an, a special later on, but possible film ideas just buzzing, especially with that Secret Island movie, movie of just all the stuff they did with that movie. Oh, so much fun! Yeah, but, a couple things that I'd like to see. Oh yes, but we will do that in another episode. For now, we must wrap up and prepare to discuss next week's episode, the TV special episode of Nami. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, this is the one, I think this is the one, like, I was talking about before the first movie was watched, because I was like, yeah, we saw a film list, and I saw an episode of Nami on there, so I wanted to do this, and now we're finally going to do that. I just TV love Arlong Park. I'm always down to, to go back to Arlong Park. It's like that, that comfort movie, you know, you just curl up in your blanket, get your popcorn, and throw on, you know, Star Wars Episode Four. but it's it's just Arlong Park. <laughs> like, just throw on some Arlong Park. I don't, I get the metaphor, but I wouldn't use it, because I also remember the emotional turmoil that happened in the movie, <laughs> the arc, but I get what you're saying, yeah. It's the, it's the first great arc in One Piece, so I'm very curious to see the TV special, because I think this occurred after the time skip in the anime and this is like 
remembering back, right? So we have a we have more recent animation. The clip I've seen, it looks like they got some budget for the film for the sorry for the TV special. Yeah, I feel like there's actually like some redrawing and reanimations, which is cool. Yeah. So my fear is that we get a little bit of episode of Arabasta where some parts are going to be cut out, but also Arlong Park is a shorter arc, unlike Arabasta, so they can't cut out that much without ruining it. So that fear shouldn't be as bad. Just get that beautiful, emotional, powerful moment. Get that part right, please. <laughs> and then I'll say this is the best special ever. 10 out of 10. <laughs> but until then, where can they find you, Justin? They can find me on Twitter or YouTube at Jitsu. That's J-I-T-S-Z-U. Talk to me about all these One Piece movies and why maybe One Piece Film Gold is not the best film. Where can they find you, Jacob? If you're going to tell me that the Secret Island of Verano Matsuri is not the best movie, how dare you? Um, and instead, <laughs> it's Chopper Plus. Uh, you can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. I don't know why I, I just on Chopper Plus. It's a good movie. You can also leave us a review, if you could, on Spotify, iTunes. Just like our friend Lana 3.0 did. did it again, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> this one's a yo-ho-ho as well. Oh. A moin, I think, is how it's pronounced. That's not part of this. It says moin, M-O-I-N. It means okay. hello in English, they say. Mm. I don't normally write reviews, but this time I really wanted to tell you both how awesome I think your podcast is. Thank you very much. I am listening to this show for quite some time now, but because I did it on Spotify, I couldn't give you any feedback, really. I'm a huge yeah. One Piece fan and just love the way you're able to analyze every arc, and we almost always share a similar opinion. I also want to tell you that, of course, I have already told all my One Piece enjoying friends about this podcast. And just so you know, you have now reached a little audience in northern Germany. I hope me and my friends will be able to listen nice. to even more amazing episodes in the future. Thank you so much. And a takeaway, everyone, be like Lana and tell all your friends to come listen to OP is OP. Thank I you was... very much for the review. Thank you very much. I love the idea that we have like little, like even if it's like two or three people, I love the idea that there's like a small group of people like in a part of a world that you don't think about too often. Like, no offense, but I don't think of Northern Germany every day. Call me a, call me a filthy American. But right. I just, I love that idea. How like, elitist like, of you. Yeah. How, <laughs> how, 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 how independent you are. Um, it reminded me of when we first started and I, we got, like, the first, like, data. And we had, like, oh, we were, like, number 200 in Morocco. And I'm like, is that fans <laughs> <Yeah>. in Morocco? <laughs> like, little things like that are so great. So it's, like, it's it really is. Mm -hmm. like a little imagination and we thank you all very very much for listening and if you wanted to help us out and support the podcast directly you can do so on patreon which we now have at patreon.com slash op is op we'll also have the link down below in the description as well as the link to our discord which that patreon will get you a special role and uh you get the invite to our monthly hangout which is coming up shortly <laughs> We're still working the kinks on the availability. Mother's Day weekend at the time of this recording is this weekend. For it would have been the weekend we were going to do it. It's about one month from our last one, but being Mother's Day weekend, we thought, you know, probably not the best time. Yeah, still working out the kinks on that. Also, in the Discord, I'm currently obsessed with last year's popularity poll. It's driving me fucking nuts because I can't get away with some of you guys with your opinions on popularity polls are just so... <laughs> I know it's a popularity poll and you it's subjective and opinion-based, but you can also be incredibly wrong, okay? I mean, cool. there's also trolls. I, that too, but you can't say Gecko Moria is better than Karoo, okay? You can't. It's 
That's and factually it, incorrect. Now you're making me mad. <laughs> oh, you want me to make you mad? Smoker no. ranked higher than Frankie. Okay. I saw that. that yeah, yeah that, that would be <laughs> As I've already discussed my Smoker feelings this episode, and I will do so no more. Everyone, again, thank you guys for listening all the way. Really appreciate it. And we thank you for all your support up to this point. We will see you in our next episode when we are discussing the episode of NAMI. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.